Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 716. I still remember my dad telling me that the most important things in your life that you'll ever have are free. They don't cost you a dime. And things like respect and trust and integrity. But the the funny thing about those things is if you lose them, you can't buy them back for any amount of money. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am so revved up and excited to introduce today's very special guest, Rick Love. Hey, Rick, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. I got the four-point harness on, and I'm ready to go. All right. Hopefully, I'll keep it between the guardrails, and you won't need that harness. I promise to be careful here. Rick Love is the Executive Vice President at Vintage Air in San Antonio, Texas. Known as the world's fastest air conditioning company, their goal is to provide owners of street rods, sport trucks, and performance cars with the finest air conditioning components available. Rick has been involved in the hot rod industry since the late 70s when he built his first hot rod, a very cool 1940 Chevy Coupe. Early on, he became a dealer for Vintage Air as a small business owner wiring and installing AC systems. And since then, he's been with Vintage Air since 1998. Today, he drives the 1939 Ford Deluxe Coupe, a car that he built back in 84. And these are no garage queens. He's driven this car over 180,000 miles. Good for you. He also owns a Pro Touring 72 Camaro RS and a very cool 32 Ford 5 window coupe. A guy that walks his talks or drives his drive, as they say. So, Rick, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your business and, of course, your obvious passion for automobiles? Thanks, Mark. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and appreciate the opportunity to share some of of what we do and and what we've done through the past. I've I've been, like many of us in this industry, I'm very fortunate where I started out as a hot rodder years ago and uh, met Jack Chisenhall, who owns Vintage Air, started Vintage Air uh, when I was, uh, I actually had a job before this where I sold and installed simulators, ride simulators all over the world. Oh, so wow. I did that. And by doing that, I'd be gone two, three, four weeks at a time. And then I had time at home. So with this extra time is when I kind of started this small business where I was doing wiring and, and air conditioning for old cars. Uh-huh. It seems like people, no matter, they can build a whole car, but but wiring and air conditioning sometimes mystifies them a little bit. <laughs> yes. So it was a, you know, it was one of those things. It was a good little business. Yeah. And I mean, it just kind of out of my garage at home. And, and it was a good time filler for when I had this time off. Yeah. And then uh, eventually started doing some part-time work with Vintage Air after I'd met Jack and, and doing some R&D projects with him and started doing some road tours with him and things like that. And then uh, eventually came to work for him full-time. And I've, I've been here ever since. So well, it's been a great ride so far. Yeah. Well, obviously you saw some talent there and some enthusiasm and professionalism. So uh, isn't it fun when things like that kind of come to fruition and come together and you end up being a part of a company that you never intended to be a part of, but here you sit. So very cool. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really nice way to get those inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So Rick, take the wheel. Well, I'll tell you, this is something that may sound corny in a certain way, but it's one of the things that my dad, who was a a depression guy, grew up in the depression, always shared with me when I was growing up. And at the time, it didn't hit me as hard, but I've I've got a son that just turned 21, and it's one of the things I share with him is 
I still remember my dad telling me that the most important things in your life that you'll ever have are free. They don't cost you a dime. Mm. Things like respect and trust and integrity. Yep. But the, the funny thing about those things is if you lose them, you can't buy them back for any amount of money. Uh, yes. It's kind of some of that stuff. And I really try to, to keep that in mind. And again, it's something I've really well, I've passed on to my son that I'm real proud of too. He's, he's a, a great kid. And it's one of those things that I do try to, to think about that. And, and I'm really proud of Indigera because that's the way we try to run our business here as well with those same, those same traits. Well, that's a golden nugget that you ought to hang on to that your dad left you with for sure. And so many people these days, it seems like, haven't quite figured that out. And especially when you get involved with social media and some of the things people spew out behind their keyboards, the protection oh. of their keyboards, you just go, oh, you just want to go, why would you say that? Oh, man. <laughs> and not just say it, Mark, but when you put it out on a keyboard like that, it's there forever. It's there forever. I know, I you know. know. It's not one of those things you can say and forget. Somebody can find that anytime. I know. It's just incredible. So, wow. Well, you're very fortunate to have a, a father like that, and your son's very fortunate to have that nice legacy passed down to him. Well, let's go back in time. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment when you look back in your life that you realize that you were indeed a car guy? Well, you know, it's funny. I've got a brother. My dad always played around with cars. In fact, he's 92 years old now, and he's just happened to give up driving, but he still has the 56 Cadillac he bought in 1957 from mm. his airline pilot buddy. And wow. so he was always kind of a, a car guy, just, you know, not a hot rodder, but just he, he tinkered with cars and uh, as many of the guys did back then because they couldn't afford to take him to a mechanic. So right. he was always mechanical and, and kind of got me going that way. And uh, a neighbor up the street raced, uh, raced old cars, actually raced stock cars. And I just kind of started building models and kind of drifting that way. And when I mentioned my brother, the funny thing is my brother, a car to him is a hammer. You know, it's a tool. It's <laughs> yeah. the way he gets from one place to the other. He has, it might just as well be a toaster as far as he's concerned. So <laughs> yeah. it's interesting that, you know, that they talk about there being a car gene, whether that's true, because I think that's, that's so in some families and that's the way it was with mine. And so I kind of grew up hanging around the guys running their stock cars at the dirt tracks and everything. And did a lot of that. And the, one of the big moments for me is I still remember my parents, we used to have the drive-in movies back then, you know, back in the oh, 70s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Late 60s and 70s, there aren't too many of them around. Although they are enjoying a bit of a renaissance around here. Yeah, yeah, kind of a little bit. It's very cool. Starting to see them a little bit. But we went to American Graffiti. My parents took me to American Graffiti oh, at the drive-in yeah, yeah. one night. And uh, when Milner drove that little yellow 32 coupe out there. <laughs> that, that was it. <laughs> that was it. You know, I said to all those old coupes that we cut up for stock cars and everything else, I thought, why are we – These you could be making a hot rod out of this. Oh, yeah. And uh, that movie, I think, like so many other people my age, was a real was a real inspiration. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, great memories. Absolutely. What fun. Remember being a little little kid going to the drive-ins with my mom and dad in our Vista Cruiser station wagon, and oh yeah, you know, sitting in the back and listening. It was just always such a fun adventure. And my sister and I, we'd wear our pajamas, and you know, it's just really fun stuff. So <laughs> that's exactly right. That's the way we went too, exactly in our pajamas because uh, you were asleep before you got back home again. Well, Great yeah, times, though. yeah. Great I think memory. your parents could just carry you into bed and lay you down, and didn't have to get dressed. <laughs> so yeah, it was great memories. Well, Rick, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down or to have you share a really challenging time or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. Of course, the most important part of these lessons are the lessons we learn from these things. So tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your business and your career. Well, it's interesting. 
and this is not even a vintage air story so much. Uh, as I said, I used to do a lot of work overseas. And I remember one time I was uh, installing a machine in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. Wow. And uh, basically there by myself and, and the company I worked for, we made these little ride simulators. I say they're little. They're about the size of a Chevy van. Wow. And you sat inside the simulator and it moved hydraulically to a film and was kind of a uh, kind of a ride simulator is exactly what it was. But yeah. had to do this installation and um, kind of got in a hurry trying to make a flight out of there and uh, broke a couple things on the unit and and had to and shorted out the transformer that ran it. Oh, no. And it was a mess. And, you know, you've traveled overseas and, you know, parts availability in some of these Asian countries are not what they are here. Yeah. And it was uh, it was pretty much a mess at the time, and I was there by myself doing it, and uh, got uh, got a little a little concerned about everything whether I was going to be able to get it fixed. And and I still remember we went and found a a man in a little shop that hand wound a transformer for me. Oh my gosh! To do the voltage that we had to have to run the machine by hand. Mm. Sat there as I waited for two hours and wound a transformer by hand to get it. And basically went to another shop and we made another one of the parts that I had that I had screwed up by myself and everything. And, oh, my gosh. And, and to make a long story short, we got the machine back running and got it up and running and all of that. And it really taught me about, number one, taking your time when you're doing a job mm -hmm. and focus on doing it right the first time because yeah. doing it the second time is never as much fun. But the other thing was it really it really brought forth, you know, self-reliance that, you know, and you don't leave a job unless it unless it's finished. And right. that's kind of how it was. And it, it helped my confidence a lot, though, up to that up to that point in my career, everything had gone pretty smoothly. And uh, again, as you've traveled yourselves, it's a lonely feeling when you're overseas somewhere by oh, yourself yeah. and things go wrong. Yeah, it really without is. Without a support structure. And so it was it was a pivotal moment for me. It really helped my confidence a lot and uh, taught me a lot of dealing with people. And and again, you don't run from a mistake when you make it. You know, I didn't try to just rush away from there. It was we we owned up to the mistake and I got help from everybody I needed to get help from. And we got the, the system back running and, and it was all good. So it was a uh, it was one of those things that taught me a lot, even under a lot of uh, circumstances that unfortunately I created myself. Well, lots of times the best lessons we learn are the most frustrating and uh, disappointing lessons. When we put ourselves in those situations and uh, we talked in our pre-show chat list about my dad grew up on a farm and he was an architect later in his, his life and I was building a fort behind my house and I was trying to rush it and he came back and he goes, you know, the way you're putting these together is not really the best way to do it. And he was could tell I was getting frustrated and he said, you know what, you're going to end up having to redo this anyway once you do it right the first time. And I always remember that, do it right yeah. the first time. So take your time and do it right. So yep. important basically in everything in life. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment, one of those times when the uh, headlights kind of illuminate your way down a new path. And tell us the steps you took to turn that moment into a success. Well, I, you know, thinking about that, I remember back when I was working for this company and, and, you know, I had a great time. I did that for, gosh, almost 18 years, did a lot of traveling, got to see a lot of the world. I mean, from the Great Pyramids to so many things in Japan and overseas, and I really enjoyed it. And, and then, then I got married, and, and we eventually had, had my son. And I remember I was taking a trip overseas. And, and again, I'd been doing this, this stuff at home with Jack. And Jack, had, after I started doing some road tours for him, said, you know, why don't you come to work for us full time? I think there's, there would be something for you, and, and I think you'd really enjoy it. And we had kind of bantered back and forth about it several times. Mm -hmm. And uh, my son was two years old. And we went to the, back in those days, this is back in the mid-90s, you could actually, I'm sure you remember, you could go to the gate at the airport, you know, to see somebody off. There oh, wasn't yeah. all that security yeah, that there is yeah, now. Yep. So 
my wife and my son were there. I was going to get on the plane and I was actually going overseas again for, for several weeks. And my son, you know, as he fixed to get on the plane and my son looked at me and we were talking and he said, well, you know, and how long are you going to be gone? And I said, well, it's going to be kind of a long time. You know, it's going to be two or three weeks as much as a two and a half year old can, can understand as far as right. the timing, you know? And I said, so it might be kind of a long time. And he looked up at me and he said, well, daddy, when can you be home for a long time? Ooh, ouch. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. Oh, it's really hard to turn around and go get on a plane uh, at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> the honesty of a young child. It was one of those things that as I had that um, 12, 14 hour plane flight after that, I did a lot of thinking. And oh, yeah. uh, when I got home, I, I called Jack and, and we got together and I said, you know, it's time for me to quit taking these long long trips. I need to be, I need to be home. Yes. So we, we got together at that point. So that was just kind of that one thing is what, what pushed me over the edge. And yeah. one of the big things that, that pushed me to get here full time at Vintage Air. Well, we know as parents, and I'm a parent of two adult kids, your son is 21, an adult now, that when your kids get to be that age, you look back and go, man, that time went by fast. And somebody oh. quoted to me the other day that by the time your child is 12, you spent 90% of the total time you'll have with that person is gone. It's done because it's not too long after that they grow up and they go away, which they're supposed to do. That's the whole idea of raising a child. You don't want them living at home yep. in the basement when they're 25, 35 years old. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, uh, from the voice of babes, you know, it's, I traveled a lot too back in those days when my kids were young and uh, I was racing back then as well. And so lots of time away and finally went, you know what? I'm not ever going to get this time back. Yep. Yeah, you got to make some changes for sure. It's so important because when they do get to be older, it's over. It's uh, they're gone. Well, and as you know, with your kids, they remember that. Yes, of course. Yeah, they of course do. They, do. they remember that time, and that is time. I, I didn't realize that ninety percent by the time they're twelve. But when you think about it, there's a lot of there's a lot of factual proof there. That's true. I know. I never thought That's of it that true. way. Oh, it's tough. Well, how about proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many, but is there one that stands out that you would share? Well, I, I tell you that there have been many. Again, I've been so fortunate to know Jack all these years and, and so many of the people that I looked up to back when I was reading magazines back in the 70s and 80s, you know, that the guys that were the hot rod heroes, you know, the Peach Aporuses and, and, you know, all of those guys yeah. that I knew just through the magazine pages, you know, Dave McClellan, guys that you saw. I was so fortunate once I got involved full-time with Vintage Air that I got to meet these guys, and, and many of them became friends, became really good friends mm -hmm. through the years. And that's been one of the, the coolest things about being involved in this industry for me. And the last last couple of years, we've had um, these builders panels at the SEMA show and at a couple of the car shows where I've been fortunate enough to get some of the really good car builders in the country, the Bobby Alloway, Alan Johnson, Troy Trepan, your uh, Roy Brizio, and and Pete Chaporis, guys that that I looked up to and do look up to, and and think that are some of the greatest builders we have in this. And mm -hmm. it's been really cool for me to be a part of that. To be, I'm been the moderator for these panels, and it's been really cool for me to be involved with that. And it um, it, it gets me emotional just thinking about it now that we've lost Pete Chaporis here just a yeah. couple of months ago. Yeah, oh, so sad. He was a very early guest of mine on oh. Cars. Yeah, very nice to come on board when I was trying to build something here and create something. He was just such a delight to talk to. I'd met him a few times before. I didn't know him real personally as a friend, but uh, that sudden loss was very difficult. Well, and he is one of the one of the true hot rod legends. Oh, and my one gosh. One of the big guys. Yes. And he, he talked to me after the, the last builders panel we did at SEMA and uh, just – 
told me what a what a great thing we had going with these builders panels and how much he enjoyed them and how much you know what what great just to have a bunch of friends of us talking like that and everything and it was just one of those moments when you stop and think how fortunate you really are to have all these really <laughs> yeah neat people as your friends that you can do these type of things with and to have guys that I looked up to as a kid think of me as as being one of their peers in this industry and and being a guy that they enjoy being around too that's that was just something that really really hit me as as being really cool and it it kind of warmed the whole day oh absolutely absolutely well we were discussing this in our pre-show chat that this automotive industry we are in is a really a people industry, and there's just so many great people, people willing to help, spend time. Uh, it's it's one of the ways I've been able to have, well, you're my 716th guest here on Cars, yeah, in a little over two years. So it's one of the ways I've been able to have so many people share their stories uh, with our listeners here at Cars, yeah, so that uh, they can get excited about what, what we get to do in the industry. So very, very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. Let's go back in time. When I introduced you, I talked about that cool coupe you built back when you were a kid, but was that your first really special car or was there another vehicle that was a first that really had a lot of meaning? And if so, share some memories about that car. Well, you know, that that 40 that I built was really my first hot rod and I had met a guy in our town that was kind of the hot rod. He was our my little town that I grew up in. His version of Milner, I guess, was mm-hmm. was this guy that had a 39 Chevrolet and he kind of got me into the hot rod portion of it. But and, and that car was fun. I learned a lot on it and everything. But the one that was really special to me was my 39 Ford that I still have, you know, and I, I built that basically. I bought it as a running car, a little 39 Ford Deluxe Coupe. It was a I'm basically the third owner of the car. It was wow. first uh, built as a hot rod in 1972. Up and I bought it up in Detroit and drove it back to San Antonio. It had a little small block Chevy in it, nice. and basically spent the winter redoing the whole car in in a one car garage in a house I was renting in, in San Antonio. <laughs> wow. And I'd have to push the car outside under the driveway because the garage was so small yeah. to do some of the work on it. And then at the end of the night, I'd push it back into the garage, you know, so that it was fun. <laughs> so I've got so many memories. And I mean, that car, I've got it apart now after all these years, redoing it finally after 30 something years. And, and uh-huh. as you mentioned, 180,000 miles for a while was the only car I owned. I drove it every day. Oh my goodness. And I mean, it's been to California many, many times, been up to the Northeast with it. And it, it just, the car kind of has transcended time for me a little bit. I said, I was basically a 22, 23 year old kid when I started on it. And mm-hmm. And now I'm 55, so I mean I've had the car so long that, uh, and I'm redoing it now. It's going to look exactly like it did. I, I'm painting it the same Ford Grabber blue with with the flames that I had on it back then. Nice. Got the same guy going to put the flames on it that did it then and everything. So oh I mean that car took me to California basically for the first time, and I have a picture of it with me on PCH on the Pacific Coast Highway against the ocean on it and everything <laughs> as just a young kid, you know. Yeah. So it's it's cool to have a car that has so many memories. It's it's a, the first car my wife and I took a real quite a long trip in been, when we were dating. And, and I still remember her parents were just aghast that we were going to get <laughs> like, this 1939 Ford and drive to Florida. Don't go with that hoodlum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to take that car to Florida? Yeah. Well, yeah. And uh, so it's it, it's amazing how as car guys we tend to get attached to these cars because we share so much of our life with them you know with the people that we have exactly exactly very cool what's even more cool is you still have it that's pretty amazing because most people don't which leads me to my next question and that has to do with seller's remorse is there one vehicle you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage 
You know, that's an interesting question because I've been fortunate to own a bunch of cars and some of them go away. I tend to, to get attached to them. And in, uh, when I first came to work full-time for Jack here at Vintage Air, I had met Tom Taylor, the artist, and uh, that does all the car renderings and everything. And I remember following in the magazines in the 90s, he built a little 56 Ford F100 pickup in conjunction with centerline wheels. It was a centerline pickup, and it toured with Ford. It was silver and orange. It was a two-tone and just a just a killer, killer little 56 Ford big window pickup. And getting to know Tom and everything, Tom really didn't have a use for the truck, and I ended up buying it and uh, did some things to it, kept it a couple years, and then ended up moving it down the road to, to do some things on the car that I another one, kind of move on type of thing. And that's right. one... That was just a neat old pickup. I really, I love the looks of it. I still have pictures of it up in my office, and it was a, a very well-known vehicle at the time. I said Ford toured it around with their things and everything, and and uh, that's one I kind of miss. It's it's interesting because it's it, I know right where it is. It lives in Dallas right now. It, uh-huh. uh, you got a T-Bird guys up there, and uh-huh. he's kind of talked about selling it again. But I'm unfortunately I'm thinking the amount of money he's going to want for it now is quite a bit more than I (laughs) I got for it at the time. Yeah, sometimes it's best to leave those old uh, passions behind in the rearview mirror and just look forward. (laughs) And uh, I've had a few cars I've let go that are now worth so much more money I couldn't buy them back. So it's just kind of like, well, you know, had fun with them, got to do a good time, have good times with them and drive them a lot. Uh, That was the past, something in the future can be in the future. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. I'd love for you to share with our listeners a lot more about Vintage Air, all the different things that you guys do, what you provide, why this is something that's needed. Uh, Obviously, old cars, a lot of old cars don't have air in them. And if you like to drive your cars like you do, it sure is nice to be driving through Texas in the summer with something to blow some cold air. So tell us about Vintage Air. Well, and you raised the, the perfect points for that. You know, the first hot rod I built, I guarantee air conditioning was the farthest thing from my mind on it at that point. Right. And, you know, we I was more concerned about it being fast and all of that as, as many of us were, you know, 25, 30 years ago when we were doing these cars. But, you know, as we started maturing a little bit and our family situations changed, I guarantee you my wife wouldn't be in any hurry to go in a car right now that didn't have air conditioning. Right. And, you know, even the brakes we put up with back then and the suspension systems we put up with back then yeah. were not the greatest. And now with the advent of the technology that we have today, you can build a car that's so much nicer and so much more like your daily driver. Have you know, a real suspension system, have brakes that really work, you know, and have a climate control system that'll keep you cool in the car. And that's always been Jack's aim here at Vintage Air is, is to make a quality climate control system available in, in places where you have real packaging limitations. And that's always the, the hardest part of this. You know, you look at your late model vehicle, you have all kinds of space there in your instrument panel for a huge air conditioning system or right. a climate control system. And in an older car, you don't have that luxury. Exactly. The dashes are really small and the firewalls are close. So Jack's done a lot of design and we've got some great engineers that have done a lot of design work over the years. And and we built some real quality systems that'll give you, you know, a modern type climate control system in your hot rod. And, And again, I'm a driver. You know, you and I talked about that. We enjoy driving our cars. And the thing a lot of guys don't ever keep in mind about the air conditioning is not only is it the heat outside, but boy, just driving around with the windows down anymore, the way traffic is, boy, a, a truck drives by you, it's so loud, there's wind hitting you all the time, and just being able to roll up the windows and keep the temperature comfortable while you can talk or you can listen to the radio, it just it makes the ride so much more enjoyable in an old car. Oh, yeah, exactly. And some of these cars, well, most of these old hot rods have pretty big engines that put off a lot of heat. And uh, yep. the engines and transmissions are right there under your feet or very close to your 
legs and so forth. And uh, having the ability to cool that area down is really important. So now your systems that you sell to customers, are these things that customers usually can put in themselves or do they give them to their mechanics or the restoration shops to add to their cars when they're restoring? Or is it a mix of both? It's a mix of both. It's kind of all of the above. You know, 25 years ago, I think more of our systems were put in by the people that purchased them, by the end customer. A lot of it was do-it-yourself stuff. But as the hot rod market has changed, and, and when I say hot rod, it's kind of all-encompassing to me. I mean, I, my Camaro's a hot rod to me as well. And that, that market has changed. You know, there's a lot more shops building the cars. There's a lot more guys that don't do as much as their own work as they used to. So uh, a lot of our systems are put in by shops that specialize in it. But uh, we make SureFit kits, which, design, which are systems that we design specifically for certain vehicles. You know, a lot of the most popular vehicles, Camaros, Mustangs, Firebirds, early pickups, you know, a lot of those things, we have systems that are designed to be bolt-in systems mm-hmm. for these cars. And they're well within the reach of the average, you know, home builder on a car because they are pretty much bolt-in systems. They either use your factory controls that we modify for electronic operation, uh-huh. uh, include parts in the kit to modify for electronic operation, or we send new controls that bolt into the stock locations, but they're pretty much bolt-in systems. Very cool. Well, I remind our listeners I'll have a link to Vintage Air on Rick's show notes page here at Cars Yeah. So you click on that and check it out if you're not already aware of what they do. Uh, awesome, awesome engineering design. Uh, the quality levels are top notch. So uh, definitely a great resource to have if you need to cool your ride. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Rick. If you were a car, what kind of car would Rick be and why? Well, you know, I gave that a lot of thought. I looked at this earlier and, you know, I think I've got a, a 66 El Camino also that I've had for a long time, uh-huh. uh, going on 20 years, and I'm, I'm kind of an El Camino guy. I've had several of them. And, you know, I think I would be an El Camino. And when I think about an El Camino, it's, you know, it's not a great truck and it's not a great car, mm-hmm. but it, it does a pretty good job in a lot of areas. And I kind of like to think that, you know, I'm certainly not a car builder on the on the uh, level of an alloway or any of these guys, but I can hack a car together, you know, and a lot of the things I do here at Vintage Air, uh, I do the best that I can with what I have. And I kind of think, like I said, I think of an El Camino because it's, it, it'll do a little bit of everything for you. It's kind of a car, kind of a truck. You can pull a trailer with it. You can take a pretty good load with it, and yet it's a pretty comfortable car inside. So I think it kind of make, makes that jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing. <laughs> I like that. I appreciate you put some thought to that. You definitely did. So very cool. I've always loved those things. They were just great. Um, very unique vehicles for sure, but uh, just they had a cool look about them. So, Oh, very much so. Yeah. Well, Rick, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. 
Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Rick, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Back when I was working on the race cars years ago, the guy that was the driver of the race car told me at that time, he said, you know, if you're going to do something on the car, you do it the best you can do. If you're sweeping the floor, you'd be the best floor sweeper I've got here. If you're going to be putting this bolt on, you do the best job you can of putting that bolt on. You may not be the best at it, but you can do the best job that you can do. And I, I still think that's great advice in anything. Oh, absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Well, I'd like to think it was dedication. My wife might um, refer to it more as stubbornness. <laughs> so there's there's probably several ways to say some of the same things. But I'm pretty uh, if if I get on on track for something, I'm I'm pretty hard nosed and I'm going to see it through to the finish. And I think that I think that's an important trait in anyone's success. That uh, I, I've had some failures. I've run up against some things, but uh, you just keep swinging and eventually you end up on on the top of the pile. Oh, yeah. Persistence, tenacity, definitely a valuable yeah. asset to have in your bag of goodies. Now, how about a resource? Is there one out there other than Vintage Air, of course, which is an awesome resource, but is there another resource out there that you'd like to share? Well, you know, I, I thought about that, and there's so many, you know, that Google machine anymore, as they call <laughs> yeah, it, you know. It's magic. Depending on what you're doing, it's amazing to me the amount of information that's available on the web anymore. It's oh, still yeah. being an old guy, you know, it's the, the only problem with it is, is there's no way to quantify it sometimes. You know, mm -hmm. everyone's a self-proclaimed expert, so you have to be careful with that. But yes. that to me, you you can Google how to put a leaf blower together or I know, something like I that know. anymore. And, and somebody's done it. So if you want to extract a tooth, Google it. <laughs> You'll figure out how to exactly. do it. Exactly. That, that's exactly it is amazing. It's amazing to me that people have enough time where they will all film themselves doing some of these things and then and then put them up on there that's just a, such a foreign uh, a foreign concept to me. Oh, yeah, you just wonder where it's going to be in the future. You and I still remember encyclopedias, you know? 
when you went to an encyclopedia to try to find We, we couldn't afford them, so I had neighbors that had encyclopedias that you'd go and pull out, and you'd have to write your reports for school and things like that. You, you were just limited to whatever was in there, so or the library, and how old of course. It was. Yeah, that was the other thing. Yeah, pretty old. So I know, just incredible. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would it be? That's a really good question because there's so many people I've been fortunate enough to meet. I, I would lo- I, I had the opportunity here in San Antonio years ago to meet Dan Gurney. Nice. And um, not share a lot of time with him, but just meet him, talk to him for a few minutes. Yeah. He's a guy I'd like to sit down and, and really have a conversation with. I mean, the man's had such a fabulous career yes. and done about everything. And uh, I think he'd just be really interesting to visit Oh, with. I know. I've had the luxury of meeting him a few times. I've purchased some of his books, and he signed them for me and done a yep. few things. And I've been trying, trying, trying. I would love to have him on this show. He's aging and uh, has yep. challenges. But, uh, oh, yeah, that would be pretty darn Always special. a gentleman, too. You know, he's one of those guys that always a gentleman. And But to have the success he did in Formula One and at Le Mans and, you know, at Indy and Car Builder and, and again, IMSA later in his life, and but through it all, he always retained the gentleman. He was a driver, a builder, and all of that, and how much he's seen and all of that. Just a very, you know, very interesting guy. If you could just download all that information into your own skull. Oh. Yeah, just yep. put it all on Google somewhere out there. So <laughs> absolutely a wonderful man. Now about a book. Is there a book you've read that you think uh, the Cars Yeah listeners would enjoy? Well, you, you know, talk about shifting gears, completely shifting gears. And in addition to, to the car guy I am, I'm also a, a pretty big history guy, especially World War II. I'm a big her- World War II history guy. And, nice. And I love D-Day by Stephen Ambrose. I oh, thought okay. that was yeah. one of still one of the best books I've ever read. When you see the personal sacrifices and just what some of those guys did that were basically kids. I, t- I think oh, about yeah. that with my son all the time. These, these were 18, 19-year-old kids storming the beaches Incredible. with basically the fate of the free world in their hands, pretty much. And uh, it's it just, that's such an amazing time. The greatest generation, indeed. It is, w- without a doubt, without a doubt. And having a dad that was part of that, and my dad was overseas in the Pacific, was on a, a miserable island in the Pacific through through the Second World War. And mm. it's just, it is it is a completely different generation that, that had things so much different. And yes. I, I think that books really shows a lot of that and in, in with the personal stories and all of that. And very, very interesting book. Fantastic. Well, listeners, I'll remind you, you can find links to all these great resources Rick has shared on his show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Love. And this book will be listed there along with the past 715 now guests books that are listed under the resources tab under guest recommended books. There's hundreds and hundreds of books listed there. I've set it up so it's a quick, easy click to buy some wonderful books recommended by the fantastic guests I've had here at Cars. Yeah, so thank you for that one, Rick. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, but you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with, that little trick's off the table. I want you to drive it, which won't be a problem for you. (laughs) Nope. Money's no object. I'll buy you whatever you like today. What would it be and why? I think if I had to choose just one, it would be the, the Doan Spencer 32 Roadster. Ooh. I think that is just the epitome of a hot rod. I mean, Doan had such a, a hot rod eye. Everything on that car, no matter what angle you look at it, it's beautiful. And the neatest thing about that car to me was it wasn't built to be a show car. It was built 
to run basically road racing with. So every bit of it was built as form follows function. Even though the parts were beautiful, they were all designed with having to work mm-hmm. in mind as well. The car was a little taller to have ground clearance. The way the exhaust is, the way the nerfs are strong to hold. Just the whole car to me is just an absolutely gorgeous car from any angle. And then you know the car works. It's a driver and that it works. And it would just, I would love to even have an opportunity to drive the car. But but that would probably be, if I could only have one, that would be one that I would love to have. Well, that car is kind of referred to as the king of deuces. Is that right? If I, if I remember that yes, right? Pretty much. Yep. If not the king, it's right there in the court. Uh, yeah, most definitely. Black car with a beautiful tan interior, if I remember it right. Um, just, You're right. Just simple, clean a uh, matter of fact, down to business, no frills, just uh Bruce uh Bruce Meyer owns it and uh and it's at the Peterson right now. It's on display at the Peterson. I just saw it a couple of weeks ago again when I was out there and it's uh, it's one of those it's another one of those cars you can look at it a hundred times, but on the hundred and first time you'll see something that you hadn't seen. Yeah the time before a little touch or a little detail here or something and i think that's i think any car that's a real classic or is a real timeless car they all share that same characteristic yeah ah bruce he has all the cool stuff that guy <laughs> <laughs> he's been a guest here on cars yeah i've known him for years he has some amazing Great amazing guy. cars yeah he's got just some uh incredible has some incredible cars and uh the Doan Spencer 30, that's going to be hard for me to pry out of his hands. That's going to cost me a bloody fortune. Oh, my gosh. But that's, it, That would be one that you'd have a hard, you know, especially when you got a guy like Bruce Meyer that owns it. I mean, yeah. you know, what what exactly, you'd have to have something he wanted pretty bad to be able to get to get a hold of that car, I would ah, think. Ah, okay. That's the way to do it. I'll have to work on that for you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll see what I can do, okay? Very, very nice. Well, Rick, you've taken me on an awesome ride today and a real cool ride, of course, with vintage air connections there. And I've uh, really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Car Child listeners. Would you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you rip off down the coast highway in that Don't Spencer Roadster? Oof, that that would be a fun ride. Wouldn't that, it? That, wouldn't that to go up the PCH and the Don't Spencer? Oh, my Spencer God. Yeah, that'd, north, be a, that'd be a pretty good day. North of Malibu there where the road oh. kind of opens up. And, oh, uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yep, that would be a pretty good day. Well, I, again, I've I've been fortunate, and I I've been so very fortunate in my life with and but but all of that traces to people. You know, I've I've been so fortunate to meet so many great people, and you know, I think the the dedication that they've they have has really inspired me. And and the, the biggest the some of the best advice again I, I shared earlier, keeping a good attitude is so important, and it's allowed me to again, meet so many people and, and the friends I have in this industry are the best friends I've ever had. And if anybody's younger people listening to this, looking to find their place and find a career that can be really rewarding, I, I couldn't think of a better industry than, than the industry that we're in, the hot rod industry, the car industry, because I again, you and I both, Mark, have done other things in our lives and the people in this industry are just, just the best. Absolutely. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Vintage Air? Probably our website at vintageair.com is is the best way probably and and maybe see us on the road. We try to do quite a few shows every year and uh, get out and about because at heart, all of us here are hot rodders still too. I mean, that's another thing I enjoy about being a part of this organization is that our guys here are real hot rodders. Jack is a real hot rodder. You know, you've done an interview with him and he's a real hot rod guy. He may be a company owner, but but deep down, he's he's a hot rodder before he's anything else. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything we've talked about here today on Rick's show notes page at carsyad.com. 
Just type Rick or Rick Love. That's pretty simple and easy. Right in the search bar, and his page will pop right up with links. Check out Vintage Air. If you've got an old ride and you need to cool things down inside, Vintage Air is the place to go. Rick, thanks for being so generous with your time today and your expertise and for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Great to be here. My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.